Michael Stanley going to slap the hurl across the arse? Yes, he did. Relax, free it. Welcome to the GAA Scores Podcast, or otherwise known as The People's Game. You are joined by myself, Pierce Corcoran. No Connor Donnelly this week, but not to worry, we still have plenty to get our teeth into. I'll be chatting to Westmead star James Dolan about their start to the league and what awaits them this summer. And Carol Kane joins us to have a chat about contenders for Sam Maguire and what may lie ahead for the big four this summer. Firstly though, Westmead's James Dolan could be in line for a second straight promotion next weekend with a win. I asked them about their start to a competitive Division 3 this year. Yeah, altogether quite good. You know, um, coming into Division 3, it's a fairly competitive division, I think, as are all the divisions, you know. And, you know, coming into the start of the league, I suppose you're looking at looking at targets and looking at teams that you can try and beat. And certainly our home games is something that we're trying to target. And, um, you know, apart from that blip against Armagh in our second game, all has gone well and we've won all the other games so yeah with the results yesterday going our way as well uh, beating Fermanagh uh, you know it was definitely definitely a boost coming into the last final two games you know and where does it leave you in terms of for the summer you know like, like with the league being as great as, as it is and you know we can every team wants to do well every team wants to win every game but ultimately an awful lot of county teams use it as a springboard to compete in the summer and what's me there in the championship where in recent years you've perhaps been second or been up there challenging the top dogs in Dublin where, where do you think Westmead are in terms of going again in the Leicester Championship this year yeah look I suppose it's kind of a funny one um, in Westmead you know we haven't over the last couple of years especially since I've been involved we haven't done that well in the league per se the last couple of years we've been relegated you know uh, all the way down to division four and then we've thrown together quite a good championship you know getting to Leinster finals and and stuff like that whereas last year we got promoted from division four won all our games and then struggled in the championship you know so it, it definitely is two different you know uh, competitions and I suppose the gap is where the top teams you know push on uh, where everyone else kind of falters a little bit and we're just trying to get that balance right you know at this stage now um, between league and championship because there's an awful lot of work done in that month off or so you know but you're would you agree though that Westmead they're in a bit of a unique position in that every other team that they're competing against that they will be competing against um, your Kildare's and that uh, Kildare for instance are probably the strongest team that you've uh, been in Division 1 on, on your side of the championship they're bottom of Division 1 at the moment and in many of the divisions as they go down they're Lancer teams that are occupying the relegation places and as opposed to Westmead and Dublin who in recent years have been Dublin obviously in, in, uh, have been strong in their own right but Westmead have been up there challenging it's, it, it's a unique position you find yourselves in yeah, I kind of I understand what you're saying. Yeah, but uh, you know, in Leinster, I suppose we kind of think that Leinster is quite competitive. If you take Dublin out of it, you know, I think on any given day, you know, anyone can kind of beat anyone else. And just we've kind of been at the top of that in the last couple of years. You know, beating Mead, beating Kildare, um, beating Offaly. 
you know, all the teams kind of around us, but they were all very, very tight games and could have went either way, you know. So it's nice to be on the winning end of them. And then obviously you have the big dogs, Dublin, lurking in the background. But anytime you're drawn in the championship and Dublin are on the opposite side of the, the opposite side of the draw to you, you're always going to target that Leinster final, you know. And is that something that is a realistic target? Uh, obviously, I wouldn't, I, I don't, without putting words in your mouth, I'd imagine occupying second place, a league final is uh, is on the, is something that is uh, tangible for the Westmead squad right now. But is it also something along the line of um, a tangible target being a Leicester final? Yeah, well, definitely. I know you know we're an ambitious group of players in Westmead and. You know, we definitely see ourselves as as quite a good team that can, on our day, we can kind of challenge, you know, anyone really. And at the start of the year, of course, you set out your targets and to get promotion for Division 3 was obviously a main target. And then to do as well in the championship as we can. And, you know, we're on the border of, of achieving our first target. You know, if we, if we win next week and results go our way... Uh, you know, we could be promoted next week, which which would be great for this group of players because we've some young players coming through as well. And then you know, you restock, you, you reassess what you've done, and then you you make your till for the championship. But uh, yeah, definitely, when you're when you're uh, paired against the winners of Leash and Wexford, and then the winners of that will probably play Kildare. You're definitely looking at a at a at a Leinster a Leinster uh, final, you know, and trying to trying to do as well as you can in that. But yeah, they're definitely realistic targets for this team. I feel. And to maybe move on a little bit into the where Westmead could get into, like we mentioned, a Leinster title, a Leinster final. Their probable opponents would be a Dublin team that um, have been quite strong, to say the least, in Lancer in the last few years. Uh, what have you made of their impact um, over the last 12 to 18 months? Is it a team, is, are the pundits right, are the journalists right, they're unstoppable, or is there something there for you to grab onto and say, you know what, we, we, can, we can give, give, give them a go, we can, on our day, we're able to give them a go? Yeah, it's a tricky one, I suppose. You know, you look at them, you look at them every year, and even this year again, Division One, and no one's coming close to them. You know, all the top teams in the country, they're being bet by four, five, six points. You know, you saw the demolition they did on Kerry in the weekend as well. So, look, I think, in my opinion, I think Dublin are a team that are only getting better. Uh, really, uh, we've played them the last three years in Championship. Uh, you know, three years ago. We went quite defensive against them, uh, and the Bettis in the end, you know, scored two goals, two thirteen to seven, I think. Uh, the year after that, you know, we kind of changed tactics and, and tried to go at them again, and we put in a quite a good first half. But in the end, their bench showed, and their the lads that took off, they brought off the bench, won them that game quite handy in the end. And then last year, we changed tactics again, and you know, they kind of blew us out of the water, thirty-three point uh, defeat, you know, which is hard to take, but. In my opinion, I just see Dublin getting better and better as the years have progressed and playing them each year. You know, uh, I think they're getting better. And um, like, you know, they're winning these games in Division One with only half a team. You know, there's all stars on the bench, they've lads injured, they still have lads coming back. So um, it's quite a scary thought, I suppose, that Dublin getting better. But in my opinion, you know, I kind of think they are, you know. So they are, they are definitely the team to beat in the country, you know, never mind Leinster. And in the last few years, what is it about the Dublin team? Westmead have 
have given them a go. They've put it up to them in the Leicester finals. They've probably been the, the, the strongest team that they've come up against in Leicester in the last few years. What is it about that Dublin team that have made them so strong, do you think? I don't know. It's probably because they're operating at such a high level for, for so long. Do you know, they... Um, uh, different teams come up with different tactics to try and beat them, and Dublin seem to figure them out, you know, during the course of a game, and then and then and then win in the end. You know, I remember over the league last couple of years in the league, teams have gone defensive, teams have tried to push up in them, and Dublin just seem to work their way out of it every single time. And I suppose that experience uh, that they have playing those, you know, those top teams and winning all of the time stands to them. You know, they're never really beaten and I think you can see that again in the, you know this year's league their teams are starting quite well against them but they just keep plugging away and you know Jim Gavin keeps saying that word process and it seems it seems to be a process they just go through it and they know you know come 50 60 minutes the the strength and depth of their bench is, is unbelievable you know and they're bringing on all stars you know who would start and probably any other team so that's probably you know the key to, to them, them being successful is playing at such a high level you know winning all of the time and then their strength and depth is incredible so you know hats off to them and just to go back to yourselves obviously in Westmead and doing well in Division 3 so far this year um, who for you has uh, been the biggest challenge in Division 3 so far this year Oh, definitely Armagh. Um, you know, in our first game we played Derry and we beat them by three points, albeit our keeper saved a penalty in the last minute, you know, just to give us that win. But that was quite a difficult game up there in Derry, but we were delighted to win that. And then the next game we played Armagh and um, uh, they were well drilled, you know, for this time, time of the year, the, the, their tactics were kind of spot on. They knew how they wanted to play and they executed it. Um, we stayed with them for long periods but you know they put that kind of power play on at the end they scored a, a, a goal from a penalty and then they scored three or four points tagged on straight afterwards you know so they have de- definitely been um, the standard bears I suppose in Division 3 at the minute and look they're beating everyone else as well so um, it's easy to see that they had their work done Um Apart from that, yesterday, the Fermanagh's game yesterday, uh, they're quite a good team too. Uh, they know how they want to play as well. They, they get the sub uh, t- uh, players back and they, they get you on the break. And for long periods, we struggled against that uh, yesterday. But uh, we managed to figure it out in the end. And to get a win against Fermanagh, who have beaten us, you know, the last couple of times they've played us, um, you know, it was pleasing. Is there any team you've, you've come up against where you've come away thinking, maybe reading the papers in the days after or watching League Sunday where you've thought, nobody's talking about them and they're a good team. They're, they could be an outside bet, whether it's in Fermanagh in Ulster or Derry or Wexford in Leinster, where you've, where you kind of, where you've come away and thought, you know, they put it, they put it up to us, and they're they're going well. Um, I don't know to be honest. We've played challenge matches uh, against Roscommon and Galway the last couple of years, and both those teams have seemed to be building for quite a while. And look, it's no surprise to me how well Galway are doing up in Division One. Um, they were playing that kind of people are saying it's a defensive system but you know they're winning every single game so uh, it's working for them and they've been playing that way for the last couple of years so you could see they were building uh, for quite a while for this tilt at you know Division 1 and uh, it's going quite well for them
for them. They were a team that I was I was very impressed with. We played them last year in a challenge just before championship, and they were a team I was quite impressed with. And Roscommon as well. You know, they're plugging away there in Division Two. Um, they're my neighbours here down in that loan, and uh, I, I know quite a few of them. But they're a team that uh, that impresses me every time they play as well. And um, you know, they've got quite a good young team and uh, lads coming through. Uh, I think they want to get back up into Division One fairly quick. Um, so they're an ambitious group of players as well. But um, certainly, those two teams have stood out for me um, just from playing them in challenges and stuff like that. And the narrative over the winter time, and maybe perhaps for the last eighteen to twenty-four months, generally in the GAA, with amongst pundits like Joe Brawley and a few others, and has been the whole idea of the club player and the calendar, and you know where the GAA is going, and with uh, Shane O'Rourke uh, in in Meath, or Paddy O'Rourke, sorry, in Meath, talking about um, the. Uh, his, the, the demands that's been put on into county players and more and more demands have been put on into county players and for you looking at teams when you go out and train and you play teams like Ross Common and Galway do you look at them and is that something to grab onto and say you know what there's proof in the pudding there we can get better we can build and become a better team and achieve our goals that we want to do Oh, certainly. Like you know, um, we're an ambitious group of players in, in Westmead, and um, you know, every every game we go out to play, we, you know, we try and win. And uh, you know, we've won four games out of five in the league, and we've won all the Oberon Cup matches. And, and we just want to try and get better and get up those divisions and try and play the best teams in the country. And yeah, look, we've played uh, Galway over the last couple of years, and they're now in Division One, doing well. Uh, we've played Roscoe we've played Kildare who got up to Division 1 this year albeit they're, they're having a tough time now of it but you know we were there as well a couple of you know a couple of years ago too and it didn't it didn't go too well for us but you know we try to to lift the levels every time we put on the, the maroon jersey and try and improve and try and get to those levels and I think slowly but surely we're getting there you know and with the influx of young talent that we have this year hopefully um, we can do well in this division and hopefully get out of it and then push on again uh, year on year because I suppose that's what it's all about you know playing those better teams um, week in week out I suppose will make you a better team overall and um, yeah definitely league uh, you know that will stand to you if you're playing the better better teams in, in the country you know but in terms of your own self what's your own view on the whole debate around the demands put on inter-county players today are you is it something that you felt comfortable with is it is the ambition is the desire still there to succeed yeah well look I can only speak from Westmead terms and, and what we're doing and to be honest since I've started playing senior football for Westmead probably eight years ago the demands haven't changed all that much you know it hasn't been like it's not as if we're training every night of the week here um, we still train our two or three nights of, three, two or three nights of the week and you do your gym on top of it and um, look I, I've read Paddy O'Rourke's uh, article and you know all the narratives that's going with it and um, look there, there's pieces that I, I can I can agree with and pieces that I don't but um you know, I, I think it's for the demands and county players. In from my own personal opinion, it's the, it's the traveling to training which is a killer. Do you know, the the forty minutes, the the hour, the hour and fifteen, whatever it is, 
to training is is the hard part you know getting to training and getting out on the pitch that's what we all love doing that's that, that's the enjoyable part and from different you know I suppose if you're travelling an hour two hours down to training that's where the commitment levels can be questioned that's how 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 players can get dis- disillusioned and stuff like that but you know we're quite lucky in Westmead um, we train normally in Mullingar. We only have a few players from Dublin. Mullingar is, you know, about an hour away from 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 everywhere, I suppose, from all our players. So we're quite lucky in that sense. And uh, you know, training is enjoyable when you get there. And I think that's that's the problem is, is the traveling is, is really the killer. You know, sitting in a car for an hour or two hours or whatever it is. And I think that's how players can get disillusioned. But uh, as I said, over the years we haven't changed tact that much. You know. Uh, we don't do collective gym sessions anymore which was another one that you'd have to travel down for um, stuff like that so I think uh, managers can, can be can, you know they can be clever in looking after their players as well and I think uh, that's kind of come to the to the fore uh, in recent years um, last year with Tom and this year with Colin Kelly you know as new manager I think they're just being a bit smarter the way to look after players you know um, just what I was going to get on to there in, ter- in terms of the impact of Colin Kelly um, he was in the paper of the weekend talking about he tries to lessen the demands uh, he tries to make the, the lives of the inter-county footballer as, as comfortable as possible and has that been something that you've seen through his management uh, this year that it's something to be comfortable and, and, and easy to be back training yeah, certainly. Look, Colin, Colin has come in with, you know, with, with new ideas and uh, you know new people around him, and you know, as a breath of fresh air, to be honest. Um, in fairness, uh, Tom has done a great job with us last, you know, the three years before this, and and he was he was the same, you know, of the same mind, uh, you know, kind of look after the players and uh, uh, you know think how how the players will be thinking, you know, coming traveling down to training or, or whatever. And Colin is the same. Um, he's a really really good coach. Uh, all of his sessions so far anyway have been you know skill sessions everything with the ball everything geared towards the match in the weekend uh, really enjoyable training sessions and I suppose that just feeds into the, our performances on the weekend you know we just love playing football that's the, why we play and training reflects that you know within training at the moment is it on the next game or is there an eye on Leash and Wexford in the summertime or is the talk even begun around that no, we wouldn't be talking about uh, championship at all now. Um, I suppose it's kind of boring and, and cliche to say, but you know, in the league, we just focus on the next game because I suppose that's all you can do. Um, when we were training in, in January, all we were thinking about was the first game against Derry. You know, try and put a performance together, try and implement what we want to do on the, on onto Derry and see if they can handle it. You know, once the Derry game was over, we stopped talking about Derry. We moved on to Armagh. Um, talk about Armagh how we're going to do uh, implement our game and how we're going to nullify theirs and it goes on like that week week on you know, week in week out and uh, the trainings during the week are geared to the next game and trying to fix anything that went wrong you know the previous weekend and uh, it's a really enjoyable uh, part of the year uh, during the league you know because you have a game every week or every other week and the training during the week reflects what you're going to do in the weekend so it's all football based and I think a lot of the players you know love playing the league because of that we're playing um, competitive games against teams who are close to us you know in um, 
were close to us in in talent and and uh, stuff like that. So um, it's definitely a really enjoyable part of the of the GA year for me, anyway. And just uh, just from talking to you, you, you seem like somebody who. Put a quite a, puts quite a lot of thought into your performance and preparation each week, and in terms of preparing for the next game. And outside of Gaelic games, uh, are you somebody who looks to looks elsewhere to try and help your performance, to try help your mental preparation? And many players in the past have spoken about taking motivation bits from there. Um, just today, I read that. Um, Jim Gavin had hired in uh, someone who uh, Lisa Fallon who had primarily primarily coached with Cork City do you are you somebody who buys into the idea of taking in little bits from, from here and there or you're a case of look I'm a Gaelic footballer I've I've built my skill set I'll go out and do it on the day when I have to Oh, certainly. You look at other sports and uh, um, you know other sporting individuals as well, and try and try and learn from them uh, uh, and pick pick up little bits of information here and there. But you know, I suppose I'm eight years on the panel now. You gain a lot of experience from playing games as well and um, stuff like that. But no, to answer your question, definitely, I, I do look at different sports like uh, basketball and um, stuff like that. I, I've played a lot of soccer as, as a child as well, and. I suppose all those experiences just stand here and uh, you know when you make a mistake you won't make that mistake again you put it in the memory bank and learn from it and uh, uh, I'd look at other games but I wouldn't be too too critical of, of my own of my own um, football and the skills or anything like that I, I'm quite a laid back guy um, I go into games fairly fairly calm um, as well so I think that just lends itself to, to the kind of game I play you know Next up, I had a chat with Carr O'Kane from the Irish News about what lies ahead this summer and, more importantly, who's going to win Sam Maguire? So, the big story this weekend, obviously, was Dublin and Kerry, and it's a little bit of an indicator, or is it an indicator for the championship of where Dublin are at and where Kerry are at, or... Is there anything really that we can read into this result from uh, Crow Park? There's been a lot read into it. I think um, looking at some of the reactions, some of the headlines, some of the the newspapers today on on Monday morning. Um, I mean, it seems to be that 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 on the back of it, people are are a saying Dublin are completely untouchable, and and the B the sort of carry will be nowhere near it when it when it comes to it. I'm, Personally, sort of having watched the game on on TV, um, I think there's just been a massive overreaction to, to sort of one game, um, and I know look Kerry would have wanted the second half to go a lot better, but the reality was that physically, you know, a lot of their players are still very much in the early part of their development in terms of senior football. I think they're only five of the team that played against Mayo in the All Ireland semi final last year on, and for anybody to expect them to come out be as physical as they were in the first half um, because they really really put it up to Dublin there was you know there was pulling and hauling matches going on off the ball everywhere and um, to expect them to maintain that for 70 minutes was probably unrealistic um, they get they get a, a lot of more experienced heads back in 
towards the championship, they still use the likes of Sean O'Shea and David Clifford and some of those. Ronan Shannon's impressed me at times as well through the league. And they use some of those fellas come come championship team along with the more experienced fellas. I think they'll be an improved team from what all right, they were they were definitely second best to Mayo in the semi final last year, but they're still very much a top four side. So <laughs> I th- yeah, I think there's an overreaction to it. Yeah, and I, I watched um, I watched kind of eagerly the highlights last night on League Sunday of where to find out where exactly the the result game was won and lost, and I was interested. And I, I don't know. I want to hear your thoughts on this, but the start Kerry has that they they like you said they came out of the blocks very quickly and they put it up to Dublin in certain respects. And I think it was Ganey could have had a goal, and then O'Shea was straight through and missed a one on one. And I think that was before Dublin got their first goal. Yeah. And, and in that sense, I think the the wider point, and I think you're right. Where Kerry are at, and whether we like it or not, Kerry really only have to prep themselves, like the like the likes of Dublin and Mayo, and to a lesser extent Tyrone and a few others. They really have to prep themselves for the All Ireland semi final, and maybe with the Super Eights, there might be a little bit in there as well. And I think comparing it to last year, Kerry's game against Mayo. One of the big things, like you said, why they were beaten was, one, their system at the back didn't work, and two, they didn't have enough up front to try and um, beat them, to beat Mayo. Now, they've, they've, done a, they've come a little, bit out, uh, done a little bit down the road to try and, I think, to uh, solve the issue up front. But I think defensively, Kerry, to me, and I know they're up there at the top end of the, uh, the league now or mid-table they still look very suspect at the back to really look like an All-Ireland winning team I, I would agree it's been it's been kind of the, the ongoing criticism and, and the ongoing reality for them that um, they're kind of trying to always mask their deficiencies in the full back line and be that you know I suppose if you look at the two games against Mayo last year which is all you can really judge them on um they they kind of went two different ways, um, and certainly the the second day they tried very much to withdraw um, that that bit deeper and sort of play nearly on the counter attack, and they ended up with a massive massive gap between their sort of midfield and their full forward line, and nobody at all in that space, and they had no half forward line at all, and Mayo just found it very very easy to defend against them, and it's not that you know in the like of Ganey and O'Donoghue and whoever Kerry have some of the best forwards in the game but if you isolate them 80 yards with no support and you allow a team to put whatever two sweepers in front of them and and defend comfortably it doesn't matter how good your inside forward line is the other side of it is then when they go and try and be the, the offensive team they're leaving a full back line that is not just what, what, as watertight as it needs to be um, they're leaving it exposed big time and they just can't seem to find the balance I think that's their big problem they just, they're just they caught between the two stools and they know they're always taking risk if they open up and and leave that full back line exposed they know their forward line is good enough to win most games 
and they'll know from experience the Dublin game a couple of years ago where they got the two goals come up to half time and and looked like they were almost there um, through through a lot of that game that a lot of that was built on pressing Dublin right up the pitch and and that's where any team that's had success against Dublin has had it so Kerry I mean any team with ambitions to beat Dublin can't go away from that I think I think you have to press them higher and higher up the pitch as Mayo have done to them and even though Mayo haven't got across the line in one of those big games they've been closer than anybody and it's all based around the same principle of of sort of defending literally from the front by by tackling and tackling in the in the Dublin half when they're trying to bring the ball out. Yeah, I would agree with you insofar that I think Dublin uh, teams that play Dublin have to approach a game like Mayo did last year with that sense of pressing and with that sense of pushing up and, and making their lives quite difficult and even when you hear interviews with Dublin players that's the the performance the opponent they always seem to go back to in, in terms of how making their life difficult is that Mayo team but in terms of the difference I think between this Mayo team and Kerry and in terms of challengers I think for the All-Ireland maybe we can put Tyrone into the mix but for the All-Ireland I believe it's between Mayo, Dublin and Kerry in terms of All-Ireland challengers but for Kerry to make the leap I think they have to look at the defence as a serious sense of okay yeah we're pressing very high but we still have to mind the house and because Dublin have those tools that can absolutely kill them and that goes without saying and you know without meaning to state the obvious and I think when it comes to Kerry down the line what what could kill them in a big big game is this willingness to try and do maybe in a way try and do the old traditional Kerry way you know play this free flowing open style you know uh, Guns and Navarone style football, yeah. where everybody it's just full frontal attack. I mean, it's 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 funny, because, but it's something that's that Eamon Fitzmorrison, in fairness to him, has never been afraid to go away from him. I would always use the example of the the twenty fourteen All Ireland final against Donegal, where where he basically, you know, it was it was everything that Kerry aren't. Um, he murdered. Donegal's defensive setup to a tee almost that day and, and he frustrated them every bit as much as they frustrated him and it was you know it was one of the worst All-Ireland finals you could ever imagine it was a it was a horrible spectacle so bad that I can hardly remember any of it though I was watching it in the bar at the time but um, it, it wasn't pleasant stuff to watch but Fitzmaurice has that in his locker too you know I don't think that he necessarily buys into that in fact I would be fairly sure he doesn't buy into that idea that you know things have to be done the carry way even if that pressure still exists definitely does down there that the fans expect and people expect the carry will play a certain way but Kerry have been you know, I suppose it goes unnoticed a wee bit because it's Kerry and that they just do what they do. But, you know, in the couple of games that I've seen in this year on, on TV, very physical, you know, ripped into Mayo in a serious way um, in the league game that night. And completely, you know, I know it was a much-changed Mayo side, 
but um, completely bullied and dominated Mayo through the whole game and should have won it by far more than they did. Were, were by far the better side. And I know Mayo had their struggles in the league, but Kerry aren't afraid to mix it that way. Um, no, I... Point about, but so I, know, I know what you mean. I know what you're saying in terms of... I, I don't think Eamon Fitzmaurice... I don't, I don't think he sits at home and thinks... You know how can I make this carry team like the like the carry team of the seventies? I think my point is more. I think like like you said there, his All Ireland win in twenty fourteen against Donegal. It was a it was a very it was a very unmemorable game. It was a very poor year, and it was it's quite similar to Cork winning the All Ireland in twenty ten against Down, where I think it haunts him to a point where I don't think Eamon Fitzmaurice and this Kerry team, and to a, to a further extent, the Kerry fans, will ever feel f- fulfilled if they don't beat Dublin. And I think to beat Dublin, they have to look at the situation a little bit differently rather than what they have done to date. Mm. That's, that, that's definitely true, that the, the, the Dublin thing hangs over them big time. And it seemed like the league final last year was a was a step forward in that regard, but but then it it possibly showed that you know it was unlike Kerry to put so many eggs in the basket of the league and and they maybe punched themselves out a wee bit and come August time Mayo were fresher and just had that bit more bite about them and and Kerry in, in hindsight had set themselves up for a game in April which was most uncharacteristic of them, um, and and I think there's maybe an element of going the other way again this year. You know, I think that it's in their locker now that they have beaten this Dublin team. And I know it's only a, it's a league final, but psychologically they will say, you know, they'll tell themselves Dublin don't like to lose any game at all and they don't like to lose any game. So, you know, and and if you look at the other meetings, not just under Fitzmaurice, but basically since 2011... I mean, every one of them has been a kick of a ball. The 2011 final, the couple of semi, the couple of great semi-finals that they had, um, you know. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't think they're that far away. I, I, but, but it does go back. I definitely do agree that that the Achilles heel is, is the full back line, um, and how, quite how they solve that, and kind of marry it with being. Offensive and and trying to press Dublin up the field. If you if you, it's very hard to do both. It's very hard to give your full back line the kind of cover that they might need, and be pressing really high up the pitch. I think you have to choose one or the other. You know, I think to try and marry both into one game or is nearly unsustainable. Um, and Kerry don't play with a you know with a natural drop in midfielder if you like like if David Moore does drop he's not natural at it Maher's not natural at it Jack Barry's not really natural at it and is better going forward as well but you know you look at Tyrone for all their for all their faults they have pro- they have the best drop in midfielder in the world and they they don't you know people talk about them playing sweepers Colm Cavani just drops back from midfield a lot of the time and they maybe play one other and it looks like a double sweeper if you know what I mean but but for Kerry that would be the obvious answer to play somebody at midfield who would be naturally defensively minded and and to set them in that hole that when they lose the ball you just worry about even when you don't lose the ball just you worry about getting back in and sitting in that space and protecting it and and then you only have to cover midfield you know you're not taken out of your forward line um 
there are definitely there are ways around it for them, I think. But it's a very hard thing to to marry the two. And, and as Tyrone have found, you know, they have they have gone too far the defensive road. So yeah, I suppose from one team that perhaps has to keep an eye on their defensive responsibilities to another a little further west that have mm-hmm. taken uh, the league by storm this year with a brand of defensive football with uh, in Galway. Uh, what have you made of their impact? I look, it's been it's been excellent um, in the sense of nobody really would have seen them coming up and doing what they've done. Um, and certainly not in the style that they've done it. You know, I did watch a, a, the vast majority of their game against Monaghan. I was at their game against Donegal earlier in the league, and you know they, they are becoming increasingly hard to beat, and they do have. A couple of sort of X factor forwards. Shane Walsh, Comer, Damien Comer's playing awesome stuff. Um, Barry McHugh has kind of not really got a pile of headlines, but is scoring quite heavily. And and Eamon Brannigan is going well. You know they all seem to be kind of firing there at the minute, and it's it's kind of working out for them. But I would just be wary. I you know I wouldn't put them near. Near all Ireland contention, people might, and it's early, and they might, you know, they've. I think they've Dublin this weekend down the west, and you know the hype could go into overdrive completely if Galway, you know, even run them to to you know run them to a point or two or whatever it is, and that's very possible because of the, just the form that Galway are in. But you know, you just beware of of what's happened to, to other counties that have gone down this road in recent years, Derry. Derry came up in 2014, were flying February, March, took the league by scorm, beat Dublin up in Celtic Park, and uh, were knocked out of the championship in the first round of the qualifiers by Longford that year. Um, Ross Common came up and took the league by storm a couple of years ago, and were back down to Division 2 and beaten, um, I can't recall exactly, Clare. Clare knocked them out of the championship in a, was it a round three qualifier? Um yeah, and I, I, I fully agree with you, and I think it's something we touched on the podcast last week. Myself, kind of, we were discussing about. I think the idea of Galway, where it's it's fantastic that they have gotten these wins and where they're pushing on, and God knows the football championship needs a new name to challenge the, the top dogs. I, I fully agree with you. I think it's too early for them, and I, I, I don't know about you, but I, I think a team for me to watch out for, considering their form in the league this year, is Monaghan. What have you made of them so far? I would put them closer to it, um, and it's funny. Like I, I kind of wrote at the at the end of last year when I, when the Dublin game was over, I, I did a piece kind of saying that I, I thought time was up. For Malachi O'Rourke, not in the sense of you know, uh, not ever in the sense that Monaghan need to get rid of Malachi O'Rourke. You know, Malachi O'Rourke has a job for life if if he so wants it because he's been so successful there and so popular there that um, that you know nobody could argue if he wanted to stay. I just felt that the way that they were playing wasn't maybe progressing the way he would have liked. I think they maybe it was a luck of them that they'd hit the ceiling in terms of what was possible with that group of players and and I felt that you know sometimes a manager can just stay too long and look at Arsene Wenger is is, is 
reputation becomes tarnished by by maybe a team drifting away or falling off and, and not being competitive as it was. Um, but in fairness, in fairness to them, um, they have come out this spring, and of anybody, I think they've been, I think they've been more impressive than Galway because of of what they've done and how they've done it. And you look at the turnover in players and the teams that O'Rourke has been using and the players that he's been using. You know, I haven't counted exactly, but I would say their game against Galway alone at the weekend, although they didn't want it, I felt they were looking fairly good and fairly comfortable until Fenton Kelly got got very needlessly sent off. Um, and there were probably maybe only seven or eight of their t- championship team from last year on it. You know, he's played most of the league without his without his full back through Wiley um, who's been sort of in and out and playing bits and pieces I mean, you could go through it like Kieran Hughes was only back in and scored played very well scored 1-3 but but Niall Cairns came into midfield and did so well in the opening five games that you were you were genuinely thinking you know Kieran Hughes comes in here and alright he'll start he'll definitely play but where do you play him? Because yeah. you could have you could have seen him shifted out of midfield, and those sorts of things also changing up the way they're playing. You know, I watched them in a couple of their earlier games and was at them, and playing very much with three inside forwards a lot of the time, which was which is unlike them under Aurora, and very much trying to kick the ball and use the ball earlier when the opportunity is there. So there are signs that they. Have you know that they have recognised as Conor McManus? You know you spoke at several events over the winter and admitted you know that that no team, I think it was his words, that no team would beat Dublin, playing the way that they or Tyrone tried to play them last year because Dublin are just so versed in unpicking the the blanket defence that it has become almost easy for them as they as they showed last year. So so Monan had to change and 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 great credit to. To Rourke and the players at his disposal, that they seem to have, you know, all right, they haven't thrown the baby out with the bathwater, and they've not just gone completely gung ho, but they are showing definite signs of being a bit more offensive. Well, okay, then, just to uh, finish up in terms of, we're at a point in the GA calendar where we're coming to the end of the league, we've got the league final on the horizon. For in terms of the championship, Sam McGuire, I've I mentioned earlier on that I, I believe that it's between Kerry, Mayo, or Dublin. Out of the teams, and you can look at Division Two as well. Out of the teams you've seen or read about or heard, who are you looking at to make a lot of noise this summer? Ah, uh, who make a lot of noise out of it all? It's and there's teams there. There's teams there that we didn't touch on, but Tipperary down in Division Two look like they're going to make a massive push to go up, uh, to get promoted. Cavan, I suppose, probably being the unlikely, the surprise package to some maybe in terms with their form in Division Two and. But, uh, if they it looks like they might bounce back, Ross Common, Connacht champions, they're getting their house in order, um, and as as well as that, that's adding to Monaghan, Galway, uh, and, and and the usual contenders, and even to a lesser extent, 
I know Tony Gall has form has been a bit wayward, but they um, they've been there thereabouts. Oh well, it would. It depends, I suppose, on your definition of making making a bit of noise because I, I still would see that no matter what way it goes, and all right, the super eights could maybe throw up something a different dynamic in terms of you maybe take a a Tyrone if they're in a group where they lose a game and they they have to go away to someone in their final game and need to win. You know that's where the super eight could come into its own and and throw up a, a game that could be really really worth watching and. And uh, you know something different from what we have at the minute. You know, an All Ireland quarter final played in a partisan home venue that could catch a bigger team out in that scenario. But 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 barring that happening, I still see the the four being the four. Um, I still see Tyrone and Kerry and Mayo and Dublin all being there in the All Ireland semi finals, provided the the draw falls that way. The big the, the big one, of course, that that inter- intercepts that or interrupts that is the fact that Tyrone play Monaghan in the first round in Ulster and it's such a long way back to to an All-Ireland semi-final from there now with those extra two games and um, that that could possibly you know damage one of their hopes for, for a last eight place whoever loses that game but um, again you know who, who you see coming in to the last eight with them as you say you know tips seem to be going well enough um, Cavan are going well it's hard to know with the, you know in fairness to Armagh you know they've been playing well and they were in Division 3 last year as well played well and come on and had a good championship and and have lost a lot of attack and talent over, over the winter and yet are scoring quite heavily again um, so, so they've probably been arguably more impressive this year than they were last year in, in that sense um, you know Jamie Clark's not there Gavin McPartland hasn't kicked the ball really yet and you know Ethan Rafferty's really stood up and had a good league so you, you know you'd be hoping for a wee bit of consistency from them and they might end up in another quarter final even though they're in Division 3 but um, I mean there's any manner of teams who's at the bottom end of of Division 1 there to Kildare to be honest Kildare's you know I suppose there's been a lot said about them and about you know basically alright they've lost 5 out of 5 in the league and there's no kind of getting away from that but they haven't been a million miles away um, and for a team that had no real experience of, of Division 1 football I still think that you know I was impressed with them to a point in the Leinster final last year against Dublin which it was down at and uh and I just felt they had a bad day against Armagh where kind of everything that they were good at broke down and um, you know they weren't that far away from the last eight either and I think they'll be they'll be fairly close um, when it when it comes to it I think they'll be a definitely a potential quarter finalist but um, beyond that you're basically looking at the draw and how the qualifying draw pans out in any in any given year two of the big two of the bigger sides meet other in round four and so there's one of them gone um, so there's any you can you can it's all, from, uh, uh, I, so it's all to play for in the sense of reaching an All Ireland quarter final. The All Ireland's not all to play for. No, no, of course. Of but but um, in terms of you know realistically, everybody in the top two divisions and maybe the the couple you know Armagh, Westmeath, Fermanagh, Longford, maybe even the top four of Division Three there will be looking at it and saying that. You know, an all Ireland quarter finals an achievable aim for the year would be the height of it for them, but uh, it is achievable for probably as many as 20 teams, you know, 
because mm. there's not that big a gap between kind of numbers six or seven and number 17 or 18. You know, it's not massive. Well, Kenny Dickon, that's a good uh, position to live it there, Cara. Thanks very much for joining us as always. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk to you during the summer maybe and uh, get your thoughts on when Galway wins home. hopefully (laughs) good man thanks Piers all the best thanks for taking the time to listen to the GA Scores podcast as ever you can find us all over social media Twitter at GA Scores Instagram at GA Scores and also on Facebook as well Uh, subscribe to us on iTunes uh, Stitcher Acast SoundCloud uh, pretty much anywhere that you get your podcast will be there as well Uh, thanks again for listening and we'll chat to you next week Michael's finally going to slap with the hurl across the arse yes you did relax free it Thank you.